Sitting on the park bench between Forrest Gump and Rain Man, it's the IGN Digigods. Now, please welcome two men who think life is like a box of chocolate-covered thumbtacks, Wayne Major and Mark Kaiser. Another fine listener-supplied opening. Bob, to whom do we owe that one? Nicholas Gordon is responsible for that. Stop him. Yes. Thank you, Nicholas. Appreciate it. Wait, so, Mark, yes. Why are there all these crumbled up pieces of paper right next to me? Because we're going to do this old school. You see, about a week and a half ago or so, or like two shows ago, we announced a giveaway of the 25th, uh, 25th anniversary Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concerts and the Best of Soul Train. So we are going to choose those winners right now. Everyone emailed in, and uh, we're going old school. You're gonna, you're just gonna pick out of the pile. I am. Three now, winners. Three. Yes. I'm doing it right now. This is for the rock and roll. Now hold on, hold on, hold on. What? what hold on. Wait. What? Hang on. I, I already have the first one in my hand, my left hand. Right. I now. know you do. I know you do. So I just want to be ready to hear. Okay. This is our first winner of a rock and roll Hall of Fame DVD. Is, is there some sort of a drum roll that comes with this? Robert Morris. Robert Morris. Well, I can barely read your writing. Does that say Robert Morris? Yes, it does. It does. Yes, it does. Okay. Robert Morris. Robert Congratulations, Morris. Robert. Should I say the second one? Yes. That's, that, that, hold on. That's Robert Morris of Washington, D.C. So we're sending one to the, belt, to, to the Beltway. Um, can I say the second one now? Yes. I can't read your writing. Max Jarglin. Max Jar- Read that. You know what? That's um, Max Jarquin, I believe. Max Jarquin, congratulations. Cleveland, Ohio. Congratulations, Max. All right. Now, Max wins the uh, rock and roll or the other? Yep, rock and roll. Okay. One more for rock and roll. Uh, This looks like uh, Brian Morrison. That's Brian Morrison. That's correct. Brian Morrison. Brian Morrison of uh, Chelsea, Massachusetts. So we have uh, Max Jarquin, Brian Morrison, and finally we have Robert Morris. Yes. You guys win Congratulations. You're winners. All right. Now the Soul Train. Soul Train. Here comes. Pretty exciting. Neil. Wait. Come on. <laughs> Neil Harvey. Congratulations, that was, Neil. That was my next guest. Yes, That's, uh, that would be Neil Harvey of uh, Roanoke, Virginia. Yeah, he's the only one that wrote us Soul Train. He actually enunciated it in text. Next, we have Kevin Kane. Kevin Kane of Cambridge, Massachusetts. That's two DVDs going to Massachusetts. He says, "My wife's having a baby." That seriously cuts into my Blu-ray and DVD money. Hook me up. Well, we're hooking you up. Finally, we have. Jack Diamond. Jack Diamond. Congratulations, Jack. Jack also actually wrote Soul Train, all enunciated. Congratulations, Jack. Now, wait. What am I supposed to do with about... Jack's here in California. He's in Burbank. Wait, I have 50 slips of paper. Just, what am I supposed to do with all this crap now? I don't know. Whatever. Well, anyway, thank you all for uh, yeah. emailing us, writing us, Skyping us, Facebooking totally. us, tweeting us. That's it. Atari 800-ing us. You know, we have two more giveaways this week. What? Yes, we do. We'll get to it later. This week we have it? Yes. Why two? Why don't we do one this week and save one for next week? Because both movies – well, one of the movies came out last week and the other one's coming out this week. Oh, you ruined everything. Uh, you know what? Honestly, one of them is only one – there's only one only one copy of this movie. 
only one copy to give away. That's like a worst giveaway ever. Well, you know, they, they, they sent it to us for giveaway. We'll do this right off the top then. Uh, and, uh, you know, this one's uh, – th- there's not going to be much of a reason. Look, here's what I'm going to do for the giveaway with this one. The person who sends the, the, the first – send us a limerick. You know, if you can send Wait, this. It's, it's not worth the effort. For that movie, no one's going to send you yeah, anything. Yeah, I guess. This is, we're talking about Fred the movie from I don't even know what that is. I don't either. Okay, so you're going to make them re- sit down. <laughs> no, it's Fred. It's Fred in his first movie. You have people sit there at work or at home ignoring their spouses the, the, and write is... a limerick to win Fred the movie. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of – I figured it, it's appropriate because this, is, this all started on YouTube, you know. Apparently, this was like a big deal on YouTube. Anyway, uh, this, is, this is one of those Nickelodeon original deals, and um, it's strictly for people who are probably about half our age or a third our age. Anyway, uh, no, this is Lucas Cruikshank playing Fred in his first movie, and it's one, of the, it's one of those kind of teen romance things with people who just don't look like any teenager you've ever known or ever lived near. The only thing that's kind of cool about this is that John Cena's in it, which gives it a little bit of a grunge factor. You know, but he's in everything these days, so maybe not anyway. Uh, but yeah, this is a, it, it's you know cute enough for for a certain audience and a certain group. So uh, you know, sure. Here's, here's what'll happen. What the first person to email us at any date or time. You know, this guy like started as this was like a whole YouTube thing, and then it became a TV thing. There's a whole phenomenon to it. It's all Dud. about it on it. Okay, Dud. The first person to email is at gods dot com. Yes, and put in the subject line, sure. I'll take any free DVD. Okay. We'll get Fred the movie. Sure, I'll take any free DVD. Okay. <laughs> the first, first person, person. First person. To email us at godsatdigigods.com. That's right. And put in the subject line, sure, I'll take any free DVD. That's it. We'll get Fred the movie. Yes. I just made that up. I'm if fine that, with we that. We should write that down because we're going to forget it. Oh, no. Believe me. Well, we have to we'll say know. at the end of the show. Yeah. Sure, sure I'll, I'll take, take any, any free DVD. DVD. I'm writing it down because you're going to okay. forget that's fabulous. I wrote it down. There you go. Do we have any news this week? Why do you ask that when I don't have anything next to me that is even remotely a newspaper, a magazine? Here. <laughs> so Wade, in desperation, because he asked if I had any news, just handed me Home Media Magazine. Yeah. Here, find something. something. That. Find something. That's just, you know, this is a great show this week, I have to tell yeah. you. We're just cribbing you know, news. I'll read, I'll read some of our listener mail. That's a good call. <laughs> Uh, Stephen Lackey, we love our listeners because they're sharp. Stephen Lackey says, first things first, Frozen, which we reviewed last week, did get a theatrical release. That's where I first experienced the film, and I just love it. How do you guys not have this information? Uh, well, here's, what, here's how. I looked into it. Frozen actually got a regional release, and we, as I emailed him back, I said, you must have seen it in some you know, godforsaken part of the country. And I think he said he saw it in Tennessee. Um, because where Frozen, Frozen did not open L.A. New York, and we tend to be of the opinion if a movie doesn't open in L.A. and New York, it doesn't get released, which well, is not always true. Well, we're also not going to San Antonio to go see Frozen. Yeah, well, but the thing is, I mean, I probably should have fact-checked it. It's, uh, you know, there are occasional movies, maybe a half a dozen a year, that they intentionally open wide or semi-wide, five to six, seven hundred theaters, but they never open them in L.A. or New York or Boston or San Francisco. They just figure these are movies that are they're outside of the the two coasts. They're outside Hollywood and the Beltway, outside the the kind of uh, 
you know, there's no point. We'll we'll go straight to the heartland with them, and we'll let them kind of develop their own word of mouth because people would pan them otherwise. But anyway, that was one of them. He says, also, you didn't give Human Centipede a fair assessment. Damn I saw, right. I saw it on On Demand, and it's nowhere near as bad as the marketing would have you believe. Not the greatest film I've ever seen, but it's a fairly well-executed little twisted film. But again, not even close to as twisted as you insinuated on the show, but love the show. Thank you, Stephen. And Stephen actually uh, runs CineGeek.com, which I went and checked out. It's a good little website, CineGeek.com. So give that like a plug. It. it is. It's good. A lot of, I love you know always finding new websites. It's a, it is a joy. And then David Stromanger, longtime listener, says, just wanted to correct something you mentioned this week. You said there's like 100 DVDs on Chris Jericho. There's never actually been a Chris Jericho DVD before. I know you guys don't care for wrestling, but all of us Jericho fans have been waiting years for this set. Uh, in the rare case you have a wrestling-related question, you can contact me. And he's right. I, I'm thinking of all of the uh, the compilation things, you know, all of those like uh, uh, best fights of the year and uh, all the, you know, the compilation deals. There's tons of Chris Jericho in there. But it's true. That was the first one that's entirely exclusively devoted to Chris Jericho. How so. dare you? I know. Get I blew your Chris it. Jericho mixed up. I got it all wrong, man. Got it all wrong. And then had a great exchange with uh, Bahamut S. Dragons. Still don't think that's his real name. And he says, I've been checking out what's going to be available on the Scott Pilgrim DVD and was disappointed to see that there would be little special features. And if I wanted my extras, I would need to buy the Blu-ray. I don't have a Blu-ray player, however, and have no intention of buying one right now. So they basically lost a sale for Scott Pilgrim. My question is, do you think it would be worthwhile financially to release a special edition DVD alongside the Blu-ray? Or is Universal making the right call here? Love the show. Keep on doing what you guys do best. Lord Bahamut S. Dragons, writer, philosopher, programmer, and game designer. Ignis Bahamut Ureri Perpetuo. I love that. The guy's got a signature. I'll tell you, he's got a signature. That is true. Um, Yeah, actually what I answered back to him uh, was that this only on BD thing is is starting to become kind of a standard. And uh, what the studios are trying to do is nudge everybody over to Blu-ray because they don't want to continue to have to produce two different production lines, DVD and Blu-ray. And Blu-ray is obviously what they're invested in for the future. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a good idea or not. I think short term it's probably kind of stupid because you're devaluing DVDs when it's still sort of the dominant format. But I think eventually it, it, it makes sense nudging everybody to Blu-ray because that's your future. But, uh, you know, because if you want to remarket everything, if you want everybody to purchase this stuff all over again a second time, that is – that's Blu-ray. Well, here's, here's the situation. DVD penetration in the United States, 95%. 95% of Americans own a DVD player. Yes. Um, Blu-ray penetration, right? Yeah. 17%. I know. That's it. Yeah. And most of that is probably a PlayStation 3. So, and that's why I'm saying short term. I think it's dumb because y- y- you know you you have tons and tons and tons of people with DVDs who are going to keep buying them. But I think they feel like the the more people get reliant on DVD, the less likely it is that we'll transition everyone over to Blu-ray when we want them to buy everything a second time at a higher price. We'll also not only transition them to Blu-ray, but transition them to Blu-ray 3D. Well, that ain't happening. Well, they're trying. They're trying, but that's that's, that's dumb. That's the I'm, I'm not saying it's smart. I know. All right, let's talk about some DVDs. Wait, isn't that why we're here? That is why we're here. So we'll jump right into it. Uh, Mark, may I talk about some documentaries? Is that is that nerdy? Only if they're good. There are some very good ones here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little personal thing here. If you go to uh, if you go to YouTube, and you do a search on sculptress or Helene Bloom, that's H E L A I N E 
last name B-L-U-M, you're going to come up with a little documentary that I made some years ago for a uh, Silver Lake Film Festival project that Ray Green, our good friend and former uh, box office editor Ray, Ray Green, was producing at the time called Veritas. But anyway, it's a little documentary about a lovely woman that my mother used to care for who uh, recently died at 101 and a very famous sculptress. And she happened to be related to the man who is the subject of this no next documentary of the very, very famous Bloom family, originally French. It's a French-Jewish family, and that would be Leon Bloom. Look at that. Leon Bloom, France's first Jewish leader, the first uh, Jewish prime minister of France. But he had been, uh, you know, the, the guy's life is phenomenal. This is Leon Bloom for all mankind. This is from First Run Features. And I know that Helene used to talk about him quite a bit. And uh, this is actually a really, really extraordinary story. Uh, Leon Blum had been a prisoner in Buchenwald and went on to become um, prime minister of France. And, uh, you know, considering that France itself has a bit of an anti-Semitic uh, dark side in its history, uh, this is really, really a, just a tremendously inspiring story. And uh, it's all in French. But uh, you've got to check this out. It's, o it's only an hour long, but it is, a, it is a great, great story about a remarkable man who, uh, you know, politically not always that popular, but his, uh, you know, regardless of where you stand with him politically, he was, um, he was a, a remarkable figure in the history of France. So uh, bravo for Leon Blum, and I have a certain personal affection for this story. I'm just saying. Uh, Mark, did you ever see this, uh, director's Life Behind the Camera? Yeah, you know what? Um, I I like these sorts of documentaries, even that's, though that's actually I, I it's it I didn't learn anything new in it, but I it's just it's nice to hear all these to get a new perspective on all of these different directors, and the cumulative effect is one that uh, effect of is one that uh, makes me just love movies even more. And you know what? When you look at this um, at this DVD, a lot of great directors uh, this guy talks to. I mean, we're talking. I mean, the greats: you know, Scorsese and Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis and James Cameron and Clint Eastwood and Jonathan Demme, William Friedkin, Ron Howard, Spike Lee, George Lucas. I mean, this is not uh, it's not amateur hour. These are really great uh, directors that they talk to, and they, you know what? The conversations range from you know how they started to uh, more technical stuff about the cinematographer and what he or she does. And you know what? It's called a director's life behind the camera. You know, a lot of this stuff you can just as well read in print, but you know what? It's kind of fun to see it. It's called from over 300 hours of interviews, and it's uh, two discs, four hours, very insightful. Uh, it's, uh, you really learn a lot about the art of directing from directors, life behind the camera. Yep, uh, and, it, and it isn't just fluff. I mean, there's some real meat in this movie. Real good meat about filmmaking and uh, very insightful stuff. You know, the documentary Babies... I made fun of before I even had a chance to see it. I made fun of this thing. I hadn't even heard of this, and my niece sent me an email saying, have you heard of the movie's Babies? When, the movie Babies, when's it coming out? I said, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And I went and I looked at the trailer, and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll be missing that one. It turns out it's actually a really good movie. I thought, oh, this is going to be some sappy movie about, look how cute they are. If you give a baby a rattle, you cute little baby. Stupid babies. And yet I, I, I'm, there's no way I'm going to sit through two hours of that. But that turns out it's actually not what it is. This is almost more along the lines of some kind of a Michael Apted film, you know, a 7-up, uh, 28-up, 35-up. Bur burp up. Burp up. Throw up. It's, uh, it's really fascinating. It tries to sort of it, – it's, it's really almost like a, a study of does it matter – 
you know, are babies all the same? At what point do they become different? And if you, you know, look at babies from four different cultures, which is what they do, they, they basically study babies from four totally different parts of the world, uh, San Francisco, Namibia, Mongolia, and uh, Japan. And uh, it's, it's really intriguing. You, uh, you learn an awful lot, not just about babies, but about culture, about uh, nurture, and, and just the entire philosophy of child-rearing all over the world. I actually learned quite a bit. And it's on Blu-ray, too. And it's, and it's really good on Blu-ray. It's a very well-shot doc. So I would say Blu-ray over the DVD if you have a chance. Do I have to say about the time that uh, I was at our good friend Norman's uh, Malibu beach house? And, and he had a baby in front of you? And he, he, he had just had a kid. Yeah. And the kid was really cute. So I looked at the kid and I said, stupid baby. And ooh, I hit the mic. That's a good one. Uh, I said, stupid baby. And I said that right in front of uh, the baby's mother. Oh, that went over well, didn't it? It, it did not. <laughs> that, went, that went over the opposite of well. <laughs> Howard Zinn is a uh, famous uh, – he's a historian. He's an activist. He had an amazing life. He died in 2010. Yes, hey, he did. Hey, this is 2010. What? <laughs> Uh, he, you know what? He was a he was a labor organizer, and he served in uh, World War II. He became this kind of like this uh, kind of like this academic rebel, and he was really into uh, civil disobedience. And um, during the '60s and the '70s, and he had an amazing life. And if you want to learn about this guy, check out this documentary, Howard Zinn. You can't be neutral on a moving train, mm-hmm. and it's really good stuff. I mean, this guy. I mean, look, he was a total progressive. Right. So yeah. really, if you're a progressive yourself, this might be someone who you probably already have heard of. And if you if you, you aren't, have- then he'll he'll you know be your bet noir. But uh, watch it anyway, because he, he is a significant figure. He is. He is in that world. He totally is. Yeah. Uh, so this is a very good documentary and uh, narrated by Matt Damon. And uh, it's good stuff. Noam Chomsky liked it. You know what that means? Yes, exactly. Noam and, Chomsky, and- by the way, is nuts. Yeah, he is kind of. Uh, one of the bigger documentaries of the year to come out was Casino Jack in the United States of Money. This is an Alex Gibney film. Alex Gibney uh, did uh, Taxi to the Dark Side. He's a, he's a very good documentary filmmaker. This is an awesome film. He's, uh, Taxi to the Dark Side was great. Yeah. This one, Casino Jack in the United States of Money, this is all about Jack Abramoff, the, uh, the lobbyist, and how he sort of developed from uh, kind of just a typical GOP functionary into this disgraced figure who is cons- who was considered like symbolic of all that is wrong in Washington and with it with this film with taxi to the dark side yes but this film definitely you really got to sit down and watch it because this is nothing but just figures and facts and and, and sound bites and information I mean give me really packs this thing tight but it, it's very Cleverly done and really well. It's really well. Uh, it's really well put together because this 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 is a story that is it has huge implications. It's wide ranging. It lasts for years. In a way, it's sort of still going on. Really, in American politics and American democracy, stories like this will always go on. Um, but you know what? It really captures the moment now of a guy, Jack Abramoff, uh, how he went wrong, how what he did was wrong. And uh, it's good stuff, really good stuff. I, I, this might be nominated this year for uh, Best it, it, Documentary. It probably will. It's going to lose out to the Tillman story, but it, it probably will be nominated. 
So Casino Jack. Just Gibney. Just because Gibney's that kind of a guy. Got a trio here. Uh, if you're a horror film fan, I got three here for you from Dawn Till Dracula from Arts Magic, The True History of the Vampire. Uh, this actually has the original Orson Welles uh, Dracula radio play on it, which is pretty cool. But this is not so much about Dracula movies, but is just about the uh, you know vampires and Dracula in general. It's it's um it's about seventy minutes long, and uh, it's very very thorough. I think some of the facts I I was like mm, that's not how I remember it, but it's interesting. It goes to all you know a lot of the cool locations you go to to. to you know Transylvania, and it's really uh, it's it's kind of right for Halloween. And the cover of that is oddly enough very reminiscent of this next one, which is a terrific two disc set. This is Never Sleep Again, the Elm Street Legacy. It actually comes with a, a bonus poster. But uh, this is the uh, if you're an, a Nightmare on Elm Street fan and you just can't get you enough of uh, all that Wes Craven stuff, uh, boy, here you go. This just nonstop Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, documentary stuff it is uh, it's really great they got everybody involved to do interviews they got obviously obviously rights to all the footage Wes Craven's there and Robert Englund is there disc one has a, a the film and a great commentary and then you get all this extended and additional junk on disc two that they just couldn't they had just everything in the kitchen sink and then kind of along those same lines is nightmares in red white and blue which is more about the uh, the American horror film in general and uh, just how it evolved as a genre and the key players and obviously uh, Wes Craven is a part of that as well as are all kinds of you know George Romero and Roger Corman Joe Dante John Carpenter they're all they're all featured herein and uh, it's pretty great it's very thorough i think it almost begs to be more thorough uh it's it's a little over an hour and a half long but it hits all the major uh, the major points and uh it's really really fun so if you love you some american horror definitely check out nightmares in red white and blue i don't like american horror i don't like any horror wade i'm not a horror film fan i know you know but but you you do you are a fan of uh a certain odd peculiar little guy aren't you you know, there's a film called uh, Kim Jong Ilya, <laughs> which is it's the name of the flower, isn't it? That they named after him, the, which is the name of the flower. <laughs> and um, I have to say something about this movie. And by the way, while I say something about this movie, wait, I bet you cannot remember what you have to put in the subject line to win Fred the movie. Uh, no, I can't. Yeah, well, but you wrote it down, didn't you? Yes, I did. Good. I you'd forget. I'll take any DVD or something like sure, that. Sure, I'll take That's any it. DVD. That's right. I'm just saying. Um, here's the thing with Kim Jong uh, Kim Jong Iglia. I like this movie a lot. This is a rare glimpse inside the um, the Hermit Kingdom, and it is also very tragic because there's a lot of interviews with people who suffered uh, in North Korea. There's interviews with uh, people who tried to escape through China, and um, there's uh, stories of uh, people whose family members were murdered, you know, living in the gulags. Because don't forget, North Korea is basically like an enormous prison camp. There's deadly famine. There's uh, uh, there's poverty. I mean, it is it is just one of the most sealed tight uh, regimes in the world. Yeah. And if you want to get a glimpse of what it's really like there, check out this movie Kim Jong Ilya, which of course is the um, the flower named after Kim Jong Il. Now, Kim Jong-il, by the way, is um, on his way out. Oh, yeah. he's uh, He's been talking to that loser son of his, the uh, the loseriest 
Kim Jong Un. Yeah, that doesn't really roll off the tongue the same way. Uh, that is true. Now, his now what, what what I did like about the film, by the way, uh, and I did see this film, I did like it a lot, is that uh, the director here, uh, N. C. Hyken, he doesn't talk to professors, doesn't talk to authors, no government officials, no Western you know diplomats. Mm-hmm. It's all just people who have been who have lived there and escaped there and. A lot of family members have died there. So this is like ground zero stuff. This you know, is like when really that, in there. When that regime finally falls, and it will fall, uh, wow. What we, the stuff we're going to find out, it's going to be unbelievable. You realize that in our lifetime, or hopefully, Cuba and North Korea, they've got to fall. Oh, Iran too. They all will. They all will. Yep. Iran? You, yep. you really think Iran's going to fall? Oh, yeah. In absolutely. In our lifetime, the next oh, whatever, 40 dude, years? Dude, look at, look at the, whole, the whole... It was almost a revolution just this last year. That's true. That's, that place is brewing. And if you live in Los Angeles, you undoubtedly know a lot of Persians because after the, uh, the 1980 revolution or the 79 revolution, whatever it was, they all came here and uh, they're, they're, they're not happy people. I mean, they, they are, they're like the Cubans in Florida. They are just itching to go back and, uh, and you know, kick some butt. So... Anyhow, uh, there's a, this is a really interesting doc uh, by Jesper Wachtmeister. Say that again, Mark. Okay, wait, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Can we blow through the rest of these documentaries yeah, we'll blow through and them. talk about real uh, movies? This is, yeah, this is Great Expectations, a journey through the history of visionary architecture from uh, First Run Icarus. This is just, if you like architecture, this is going to blow your mind. I thought, oh, cool, we'll see some interesting. Ha-. No, it's not interesting. It's like wild. It's like through the roof. Bizarre, and it's uh, it, from the weirdest periods, especially the fifties and sixties. Uh, you just see all kinds of crazy. Back in the fifties and sixties, people did some weird stuff with houses, and uh, most of this is still around. I mean, it's you know you ha- you don't realize that this stuff you, you just go far and wide in this country, and you find even around the world, uh, you find some really wild stuff even in Europe. So uh, this is a really really cool uh, documentary. If you really have a yen for architecture and just crazy, weird structures and visionaries, um, this is great. So uh, check that one out. It's not, probably not that easy to find on the, on the rental shelf. So uh, go on and find it online and, and buy it. Wait, keep talking. Get, yeah. get, get rid of all these All right, finishing up the last ones. Uh, yeah, as far as great artists are concerned, Archimboldo is a documentary from Micro Cinema, which is about the, uh, the work of Giuseppe Archimboldo, who lived in the 16th century and was, uh, is still one of the great visionary painters of all time. This is fascinating. I never knew this guy existed. Now I'm dying to go to all the museums where his stuff is at. And then uh, a soundtrack for a revolution. This takes an entirely different spin on the, uh, the civil rights movement, the civil rights era. Lots of great interviews in here. Um, it, it kind of uh, you know, looks at it through the, the eyes, of, through a, from a musical standpoint. And um, amazing performances on here. This is really, really awesome. Um, if you love music and if you love music kind of given a, a historical spin, it's really a very unique and original documentary from Docurama. Then we got Magic and Bird, A Courtship of Rivals. I'm a huge Lakers fan, as anybody knows. I hate the Celtics, but you know what? The rivalry between Magic Johnson and Larry Bird is uh, is pretty legendary. It goes all the way back to their college days and all the way through their pro years. It is remarkable. Friends and Rivals. This was made for HBO uh, television, and uh, it's it's really excellent. It's very, very well done. And uh, with that, Mark, let's move on to television. Oh, no way. Let's talk about more of these uh, shows that no one cares, the movies no one cares about. Okay. All right. We'll do that then. Okay. Um, oh, you're taking me <laughs> up on that. 
Actually, you know what? This is sort of no better. You know what? Let's, let's no, there's some good stuff in there. Uh, finally, you dig Wait, down there. there, there, there. That's what you want there. I guess. From PBS, Jean-Michel Cousteau, Ocean Adventures. Actually, these things are pretty cool. They this are. This is a, a three-DVD set. Uh, this is um, Jacques Cousteau's son, and he's uh, going to the Amazon. He's going to uh, you know swim with sharks and gray whales, and uh, it's great stuff. You know, also, uh, the, the one I like is I happen to live in America. Is one called America's Underwater Treasures Parts 1 and 2. So this is like 11 hours of stuff on five DVDs. This is good stuff. Jean-Michel Cousteau's Ocean Adventure. Love yeah. it. Yeah, Two and a Half Men is uh, going to season seven. By the way, you know, that that kid. He's grown up now. He ain't a half man. He's a full man. It should be called Three Men, and, and, and he's not funny anymore. He's not aging well. You know what? He He's the type of guy where he was a cute kid, and then he grew up, and it just didn't happen. No, it didn't happen at all. So uh, this uh, show, uh, don't get it. People love it. Uh, Wade, you, you, you like this show, right? It's, it's funny. It. I mean, look, because Charlie's playing Charlie, and I knew Charlie in junior high and high school, and he lives in Malibu in the, in the show, and so I, I, you know, I, I connect to it on a certain level. The complete first season of Human Target, which is kind of a fun show. It's on Fox, and it's really kind of a fun, ribald, ribald action-adventure show. Uh-huh, sure. And, um, you know, this, uh, this guy plays as kind of like a protector for hire, and... So he goes all around. He's like, you know, on a jumbo jet and piloting boats and bodyguarding, you know, famous people. And and uh, it's a lot of action. Guy does a lot of cool stuff. And uh, you know what? I totally get it. It's big and fun and rollicking. And it co-stars uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Can't beat that. Yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead. The night. I'm just going to blow through all these, Wade. Well, I, th- this, this one's important. Oh, so. that is important. Yeah, so you want to do the, do you want to do Night Court? Is that more important I'm than gonna mine? Do, I'm going to do Night okay. Court in five seconds because that one's more important. Okay. Complete four seasons of Night Court. <laughs> well, thank, well, thanks, Bull. <laughs> no extras. Yeah, it's Night Court for crying out loud. That's hysterical. Tim and Eric? Uh, Tim and Eric Awesome Show, okay. Great Job, which is one of those Adult Swim cult shows. Um, I think the show is uh, twisted, uh, just like all the other uh, Adult Swim stuff. And there's a lot of funny episodes, um, 10 episodes total, also some extras, which are really cool. And there may even be some Easter eggs, maybe. You don't hear much about Easter eggs on DVDs anymore. No. But uh, by the way, uh, watch out also, folks, because this, uh, this DVD is a little on the blue side. Ooh, yes. All right. I think I may have talked about this on the show before. Uh, how back in the uh, the late 60s, early 70s, there was a change of the guard at uh, CBS Television, and uh, a rather bold move was made, which was to cancel all of these rural shows that were at the top of the ratings, like Beverly Hillbillies and uh, Mayberry RFD and Green, Green Acres. Acres and all of the all the rural shows, because they were at the top of the ratings. But the, all the people they appealed to, they like farmed and grew their own stuff, so they didn't. They didn't care who was advertising on a show. They weren't going to go out and buy anything. And advertisers were saying, "Sorry, we don't. We don't care if like a million people watch the show. There, there are a million people who are not going to buy our stuff. We need people watching who buy." So they canned all those shows and they replaced them with things that appealed to people in the cities, like Mary Tyler Moore Show and Mash and All in the Family. Well, uh, we're going to talk about All in the Family and Mary Tyler Moore Show here for a second. All in the Family finally, the complete seventh season is out from Shout Factory. Now, there's something interesting going on here because all the previous releases came out from Columbia TriStar Home Video, which is now Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. And um, from 2002 through 2006, uh, or, or 2007 actually is when the last one came out. From 2002 through 2007, 
every single year, a different season of All in the Family was released. And then in 2007, it just ended, and people thought, well, what, what, what's up? You released six seasons of this, and it's been three years now since anybody has seen hide nor hair of uh, All in the Family on DVD, finally. You know what it is? They just decided Shout Factory does a better job. So apparently now Sony has negotiated an output deal with the Shout Factory, who's now handling All in the Family. Thank goodness we're going to get the rest of the series, finally. So uh, 25 episodes from Season 7 are here, and they are great. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the show still going strong, still in the very, very thick of it. Um, it's, uh, there are some pretty intense episodes here, and uh, i I got to tell you, I, I think this show is, was strong right up until the very, very end. Archie Bunker's Place and Gloria, the two uh, spinoffs afterwards, not so strong, but this show... Absolutely awesome. So let's celebrate on the family finally back in the DVD running. I agree. And the Mary Tyler Moore show had some long gaps between some of its seasonal releases. This is still being released by Fox. And uh, we now have season seven with uh, 24 episodes, one fewer than the uh, than on the family's season. But uh, this is still great. Three discs and really an awful lot of fun. Mary Tyler Moore is still great. Lou Grant, great. Uh, boy, Ted Knight, man, what a I talent! Love, he I just love it. it's the best. Ted Baxter, oh. just the best, the best of all time. I, that that shows the reason I, I wanted to work in TV. I know. Well, I just Mary Tyler Moore is the best. Period. So good. Uh, what's not the best is Stargate SGU Universe 1.0. This is available on DVD and Blu-ray. And uh, Robert a, Carlyle needs to make real movies again, not bad television. Why is he? I guess I know what happened. Why uh, boat payment must be. Boat payments. Anyway, there's a Stargate, and uh, you know what? I think what will happen is I think the members of one Stargate will go to the Stargate and meet the members of another Stargate show, and then like th- then they will like annihilate each other. I hope, if, if we're lucky. Because all the Stargate shows and all the people Terrible. in the Stargate shows, I don't yeah. think they can exist in the same universe. Probably not. So if they all meet, it'll be like ant- matter and antimatter meeting. Anyway, this is on Blu-ray and DVD, as I said. Uh, special features on the Blu-ray include an um, exclusive uh, version of the pilot of um, Stargate SGU Universe. And, uh, you know, some good stuff. There's, a, um, there's video diaries, which are always kind of intimate and cool, audio commentaries by the cast and the producers. And that is uh, Stargate SGU Universe 1.0. I will say this. The uh, show is uh, uh, pretty well shot, so it does look good on the Blu-ray. Yeah. What he said. Yeah. Are we done with TV? No. Oh, okay. We have Legend of the Seeker, the complete... Oh, gosh. Oh, you know what? You never see this. That thing. The complete second and final season. Yeah. It's funny how they say the complete second and final season, but you know what? The fact that that the final one was the second one? Yeah. Kind of an insult. Yeah, lame. Not really something to trump. No. Anyway, Legend of the Seeker was a syndicated show and... um, it was about uh, you know the underworld and unleashing monsters. It, 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 and all this, this crazy. It's just another one of those Buffy type it's shows. Like a Buffy it's just, type, the, the whole the Stone of Tears and people named uh, Kayla and Zed and and it's bone of yeah whatever you know what's I, I can't get any enthusiasm for that show. A couple of British uh, stuff that Wade loves so much. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Inspector, Inspector Lewis. Inspector Lewis series three. Inspector Lewis is, is actually well. I mean, I, I like all these shows. They're all they're I don't know all why just you, like those shows. you know because they're all really well written and literate, and you just don't get that in American television. 
So uh, this is from uh, PBS Distribution, which, of course, is now, you know, it's the fusion of PBS and uh, WGBH. They're releasing all this stuff together. No, this is, uh, this is one of the better sleuthing shows from, uh, from British television, originally aired in uh, the United States as part of Mystery or Masterpiece Mystery. Great, great acting here from Kevin, Kevin Waitley and Lawrence Fox, who are just oh-so-English and oh-so-sleuthy. Uh, yeah, these are, you know, it's just straight-up intelligent uh, who done it stuff you know really really clever very very twisty if even if you're a, a huge fan of uh, british uh, sleuthing television and all these mystery shows you won't figure out a lot of these there's some really sharp writing here so uh yeah definitely check this out inspector lewis series three there's one two three four five mysteries here Criminal Justice 2 is a, uh, another BBC show. This was a, a five-part series about a, a woman charged with stabbing her husband. And uh, I like this because it co-stars Eddie Marsan. Oh, we love Eddie Marsan. Eddie Marsan. Oh, hi, Wade. Yeah. Um, Eddie Marsan was nominated for an Oscar. He was... Uh, or something like that. You no, know, he was... Um, Golden Globe. Golden Globe. Uh, no, he was... Cleo. Whatever it was, no, he 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 was really in the running with our with our voting uh, the was. year of uh, Vera Drake. He was so good. No, at happy Vera Drake. go lucky. Happy Go Lucky. That's he, right. But he played but, the that's right, uh, that's driving right. instructor. But Vera Drake, he's good in too. Well, we blew that all along, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, However, he's, this show he's... is good. Criminal Justice too. It's a good uh, five-part murder mystery. Awesome. A uh, couple other things. We have a Dick Barton special agent collection. Now, Dick Barton was a. Uh, this is just terrible. Yeah. This is this is old British television. Why stuff. do we even have this? I don't know. Forget it. We'll move it on. That too. That too. Okay. Can it? Fine. Can How about it? this? Should we talk about this? Uh, Trailer Park Boys, yeah, the complete first season. I don't really understand the the point of this, but uh... well, John, these two guys, John Paul Tremblay and Rob Wells, play the Trailer Park Boys. You know, the whole idea is that they they spent a couple of years in jail and then they head back to the trailer park, and so it's a whole lot of trailer park humor. And some of the stuff is actually kind of funny and silly, and um, some of it is a little uh, too juvenile for me. A bunch of offensive language in this, so it won't be for uh, all of the kiddies. But uh, from Phase 4 Films comes, and from Alliance comes um, Trailer Park Boys. Very silly stuff. Six episodes. And, um, you know, I guess if you've had enough of, I don't know, what what are the weird, like... Uh, little Britain? Like Little Britain type. That's like Little Britain type thing. Yeah. If you had enough of Little Britain, go with um, Trailer Park Boys. Very silly. Kind of funny. But uh, also, uh, six episodes is plenty. Plenty. It's also off at Spindleway. Yeah, I know. It happens. Okay, uh, Kino has released Volume 1, the films of Nikita Mikhalkov. Now, Nikita Mikhalkov is the Russian director whose brother is Andrei Konchalovsky. I know what you're thinking. Why is one named Mikhalkov and the other one Konchalovsky? I still don't understand that. It's a it's something with the patronymics in uh, in Russia, and it's never made any sense to me. But anyway, uh, Nikita Mikhalkov won an Academy Award for Burnt by the Sun, in which he also acts uh, in, back in 1994, which I'm not a huge fan of that film. But it's part of this. It's right here. And that's kind of weird because it's the only film in the set that is not a Kino release. So they cut a deal with Sony Pictures Classics to include Burnt by the Sun so that they could then have a way of getting people to buy the other four films here, which are uh, far less well-known and far less of a big deal. They include uh, 1976's A Slave of Love, 1979's Five Evenings, 1980s Oblomov and 1983s Without Borders. Um, the, all the films are good. None of them are brilliant, in my opinion. But uh, Oblomov is really, really interesting. It's uh, 
It is based on a 19th century novel, and uh, I was not familiar with the novel or the story, but it's uh, it actually is contextually very, very interesting. It's long. It's like two and a half hours long, but Awful Mob is a very, very interesting film. Uh, what's particularly cool is that all of these are shot uh, 137. 137. 137. 137. That's the Russian aspect ratio. Not 133. No, 137, babe. That Take it or leave pretty, it. The one, thing, the one thing I don't like is that this is volume one, which means they're going to do more Mikhalkov films, but yet they're all in regular full-size keep cases. Boo. Boo. You should be slimlining these, Kino. You gotta, and you know how to do it. They've done a lot of re- repackaging of their stuff slimline. They should have slimlined all this, but I don't think they were able to convince Sony to slimline Burnt by the Sun. That's what I think the problem was. Boo. Now, wait. Why are we talking about this when we have another giveaway? Um, okay. You want, want to get to that giveaway right now? Well, the show's like half over. Yeah, okay. We already have one giveaway, and that giveaway, of course, is Fred the Movie, by far the worst thing we've ever given away. And if you like it, email us at gods at digigods.com and put the words, sure, I'll take any DVD. Actually, we might have said I'll take any free DVD, but you get the idea. Sure, I'll take any free DVD, and we will send it to you. This is what we're giving away. What is that? And you're going to send us. We're going to take emails. Uh, actually, send us emails as soon as the show posts. We will take them until midnight Thursday. Uh, any emails uh, timestamp dated after midnight Thursday, we're, we're, you're no longer in the, in the running. So uh, midnight Thursday, last of the Mohicans what? director's definitive cut. That's right. What? That's right. Yes. You betcha. We are going to give away uh, three of these, and um, just send us your. Just put "Last of the Mohicans" in the subject. "Last of the Mohicans," and send it to gods at digigods dot com anytime up until midnight Thursday, and uh, we'll uh, we'll do a random choosing just like we did today. We'll do a little random pick next week. And uh, here's the thing with "Last of the Mohicans." I love this film. And please include your address, by the way, in the body of the email. Include your address. Uh, I love Michael Mann's Last of the Mohicans. Might be my favorite Michael Mann film. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. He did all kinds of crazy stuff here that shouldn't work. Like he he hired Trevor Jones to write the score and then grew unhappy with it and then hired Randy Edelman to write more music. And you've got sort of two halves of a great score by two different composers who are nothing alike. And yet all the Randy Edelman stuff and all the Trevor Jones stuff, it works. Somehow it works. It's just... You know, that should never have happened, but it, it did, and it, it's fine. Uh, this is the uh, absolutely terrific. Daniel Day-Lewis is great in this. I love how he doesn't say Kentucky. He says Kentucky through the whole movie. Everything about it is great. Uh, Wes Studi is utter- utterly evil. Madeline Stowe is not dull like she usually is. It's really great, and it's terrific on Blu-ray, but here's the thing. Director's definitive cut, this is a different cut. This is, he's done now three cuts of this movie. He can't make up his mind. There's the cut from the film, the, like the theatrical cut, which was on Laserdisc. Then there was the DVD cut, which took out a bunch of stuff that was good and put in some other stuff that wasn't so good. And a lot of people got really pissed off about that. And now he's done another cut that isn't – there's still some stuff missing and some other new stuff. And it's – you know, I'm losing track. I just want the original cut, but we're never going to get it because it's Michael Mann. But there's a commentary here, which is perfectly fine, uh, and a featurette. And other than that, it's very, very short on extras, but quite well transferred. I have to say I usually have uh, problems with 20th Century Fox's Blu-ray transfers. The, but this one's not. This one's pretty sharp. 
This one's really, really good. So we're going to be giving away three of these. Just email us at gods at digigods.com. Put uh, Last of the Mohicans in the subject, your address in the body, and uh, we will do a little drawing next week. Look at that, Wade. Last of the Mohicans. Makes up for Fred, huh? <laughs> Last of the Fred. Yeah, last of the Fred. Uh, all right. Go talk about those. I'm not going to. I got some foreign stuff here. Thank you. Yeah, some some good foreign stuff, and then we'll jump into the uh, the other A list stuff. Uh, we got a fabulous Criterion here. Criterion Blu-ray. Uh, Ingmar Bergman's The Magician. I know, I know. A lot of you think Ingmar Bergman's all boring and stuff, but this is beautiful. This is one of the most beautiful black and white films you'll ever see from 1958, with Max von Sydow playing a. Um, playing a, uh, a magician, but a magician who may or may not be a fraud, and that's what this is all about. This is, you know, uh, Ingmar Bergman was a man who had all kinds of religious issues with faith and whatnot because his father had been a minister, very strict minister, so you find all kinds of very, very interesting existential dilemmas in Bergman's films that are all a product of his religious upbringing. And this is one of the more compelling ones, and you, you really, really just, you're so immersed in this fascinating, beautiful world, and it is a wonderful, wonderful transfer. Great extras on here, a uh, 1967 uh, interview with Ingmar Bergman, very, very truncated, but he gets the point across. Uh, there's a visual essay by uh, Peter Cowie, who really should have done a commentary. I'm not quite sure why he didn't. Uh, he's done great commentaries in the past. And uh, then there are some extraordinary audio interviews. Um, there's uh, with Bergman uh, talking to Olivier Assayas and Stig Bjorkman. How about that, huh? Flirtin, flirtin. Yeah. Flirtin. Olivier Assayas talking to Bergman. And um, then you obviously get all kinds of great stuff in the booklet, which just is always, always a pleasure. So you, you got to check this out. This is just wonderful. The magician Ingmar Bergman on Blu-ray. And uh, Sex and Lucia, which is a film that is very, very beloved by our friend Tim Cogshell. Uh, Tim loves Sex and Lucia, and I actually like it a lot. It's, uh, it's super erotic. It's by Julio Medem, the Spanish filmmaker. This, was, uh, this is on Blu-ray from Palm, and uh, it's really well photographed. I think I like the film a little bit less than Tim does, but I like it. I, I, you know, I enjoy watching it, just because, not because it's overly erotic, but because it's, uh, it's just really, really well photographed. Very, very beautiful, and especially beautiful on Blu-ray. So uh, that's another recommended film. I don't know if I would agree with uh, Jim Schweda, who called it one of the most erotic movies ever made. Remember Jim Schweda? I do. This is Jim Schweda with Jim, with Jim Schweda on film. Yeah. What happened to that guy? I don't know. He's uh, cooking burgers. He went the way of most film critics. Yeah. Cooking burgers. Yeah, cooking burgers. Chopping broccoli. And then uh, last among the... Um, Foreign language stuff is uh, Coco Chanel and Igor Stravinsky by Jan Kunin. I got to say, uh, it's funny that two Coco Chanel movies come out within uh, like a, a half a year, six or seven months of each other. Um, Coco before Chanel, great movie, written and directed by a woman, very insightful into. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Women are directing movies now? Yeah. I don't want to live in this world. Yeah, they, they can vote now too, you know. What? Thank you. Uh, well, anyway, Coco before Chanel, great film. Coco, uh, Coco Chanel and Igor Stravinsky, not such a great film. And part of it, yeah, Anna Mug uh, Muglalis is not the greatest Coco Chanel, but I love Mads Mikkelsen, who plays Igor Stravinsky. This film is all, uh, this is about Coco once she has become that icon, right? And uh, about the, the affair that she had with Igor Stravinsky and the impact that it had on his marriage. It's, it's, a, it's you know... 
I don't know that that's really a story worth telling, to be honest. But the problem I really have is that Jan Kunin, the director, is one of these French directors who is much more into style than substance. And his movies have always just driven me crazy. And this is this one drives me less crazy than the others, but it's it just doesn't feel like he wants to really tell me a story. It just feels like he wants to wants to show me how cool he can be with the camera. And I, I, he just hasn't grown much for me as a, as a filmmaker. But that being said, uh, it's not terrible. And if you did like Coco before Chanel, maybe this is a nice double feature. It'll help you sort of appreciate uh, appreciate you know why the other film is even better. It's it's a well photo, decently photographed though. But anyway, moving on, moving on, Wade, moving on. Uh, you're a huge fan of that movie, aren't you? Actually, you weren't. I didn't like this movie. Well, there, we now get even more of it, even more. I didn't. I didn't get the Hangover. Well, it's it, it's it's already been out on Blu-ray, and now we get the Hangover Extreme Edition. <laughs> Although not that I won't take this because I will. Booyah. Uh, the Hangover Extreme Edition. This is the deluxe wedding album edition. This uh, is, is exclusive to Blu-ray. There's a picture-in-picture commentary with the stars and the director. There's a bunch of outstanding, outstanding extras or so they say on the back. Um, uh, you know, just crazy stuff like a map of destruction and action mashup and, you know, just really just kind of stupidity. But uh, this includes a full-color 28-page wedding photo album, which is basically, I believe, um, the photos that were, um, that were, you know, over the end credits, they actually had photos of the wedding of the, of the weekend. I think it was, a lot of them are, are from that. But anyway, I didn't find The Hangover all that funny. I think the reason I didn't find it that funny was because I, I, I had taken a date, and she was kind of refined. And I had missed the screening, so I had to go pay for it. And, every, and at that point, every, at that point, everybody was loving this movie, so I couldn't wait to see it because I love Zach Galifianakis, and I heard it was great. And I see it with this really refined woman, and I'm just like horrified. I'm okay. sorry. I, it's true. I'm sorry. So uh, anyway, Hangover, of course, uh, soon is a, is a Hangover too. Anyway, uh, regarding uh, Blu-ray, do you need it on Blu-ray? I mean, come on, guys, it's the Hangover. You don't, but there it is. So just just get it on Blu-ray. Get it over with. You know what else is on Blu-ray? What? The Exorcist, extended director's cut, and the original theatrical version. And I got to say, I don't like the extended director's cut. I don't. The original theatrical version, that's all I need. I want the original film, but at least they have the good sense to put it on here, unlike George Lucas, who will never give us the original Star Wars ever again, the bum. And we hate him. Hate him. He's going to have to die before we get that, you know. And then he'll probably have, like, Leon Vitale looking after his estate and and forbidding anybody from ever seeing the original Star Wars. No, no. Actually, George Lucas's goiter. Yeah. Will somehow Gosh, lord he's got, over. He's huh? like a billionaire. Get that thing. If you can't work it off, then you get it cut off. For crying out loud. Jeez. What the hell? Okay. Well, here we go. We got two discs here. The extended director's cut from 2000 is on disc one, and the original cut is on disc two. And this is in one of those Warner style uh, Digipack Blu ray booklet deals. I where, like those, actually. Yeah, I kind of do, too. They, they they feel like you're getting a little bit more value, even though you're not really. Um, the uh, There's a brand new three-part documentary on the movie here, which is really, really, really fascinating. It, uh, it goes into every imaginable detail, and uh, you combine that with the William Friedkin commentaries on both cuts, uh, and then another commentary by William Peter Blatty, who's completely out of his mind. And then the 1998 documentary. 
And honestly, you could spend two days just watching the stuff on, on these two discs, just on and on and on and on. You'll be all – you'll be freaked out. You won't want to get near any child ever again. You know what? This will undo everything that the, doc- the documentary Babies does. I think The Exorcist is a great film, but it is not great in the same way it was great back then. True. I don't think. I mean, how scary is the film really in 2010? It's not. It's not. But neither is Psycho. Right. But it's a great film. But it's again, it's great for different reasons. Now. But you know, I actually trace the blockbuster, the beginning of the blockbuster era, to The Exorcist, because The Exorcist was the first film that people actually waited around the where there were lines around the block. You remember that? People didn't – there were no lines around the block for movies, maybe from Gone with the Wind. But throughout the 60s, people didn't wait in lines around the block, not even no. for Sound of Music or Dr. Zhivago. No. But The Exorcist, there were lines around the block. And sudden, and the next thing it was, you know, Jaws and then Star Wars and E.T. And before you know it, it's, it's just I, every but blockbuster. I, I, the thing with Jaws is that I think Jaws changed the way that studios looked at those sorts of movies. Whereas True. The Exorcist was just a popular film. Exactly. Wes Anderson always releases his stuff through uh, Criterion, and the Blu-ray of the Darjeeling Limited is out for your enormous enjoyment. I am not a fan of this movie. I think Wes Anderson is is really overrated. I think he's become far less interesting as time goes by. I just don't get the point of this film. I think he's it, he's lucky that it gets the Criterion treatment. Obviously, he and Criterion have some kind of an arrangement. But Mark, did you do you have any appreciation for this? You know, uh... yeah, obviously not. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, it's... He's really hit and miss. I, as you know, I loved um, the puppet thing. What's it called? Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, I Loved no, it. I mean, Did not, not like Steve Z's uh, Zissou. Yeah. Did not like this. Loved Royal Tannenbaums. Loved Bottle Rocket. Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, and Jason Schwartzman uh, are, are the are the trio in here. And... Um, Ah, gosh, it's just, it's so obvious about its metaphor. You know, life is a journey. I, it just, it tries too hard. So, I don't know. I I can't recommend it, but it's on Blu-ray if you're a Wes Anderson fan and you think I'm crazy. We all think you're crazy. Yeah. Uh, I got a, got got a trio of films here uh, that are on DVD and Blu-ray. I'll blow through real quickly so Mark can uh, start to wrap us up. Uh, the Oxford Murders is uh, is not necessarily worth checking out on Blu-ray, I don't think. This What this really underscored for me was how badly some people in this business really need work now, like uh, Elijah Wood and John Hurt. Two fine actors, but Elijah Wood has kind of outgrown being a hobbit, and John Hurt is too old to play the really cool parts that he used to play. Um, there's nothing special about this. This is, you know, this is just a, it's basically a murder film. It's like an episode of Law and Order that just happens to take place at uh, at Oxford. And um you know, I it is it it's decently done. Um Alex de la Iglesia who directed it is 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 competent, but uh I would, you know, rent it if anything. Uh the Blu-ray is perfectly acceptable, but the the DVD is acceptable as well. And then we have I Am Love, which I'm going to recommend on Blu-ray. This film was in theaters for about 18 seconds. This is a wild, wild film. This is a wild film, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm kind of amazed that I enjoyed it. I didn't expect to. Um, This is a really interesting Italian film with Tilda Swinton, and it's, you know, it's, uh, gosh, I I almost don't even know how to describe this film because it's about this really wealthy Italian family and uh, how the, it kind of comes apart at the seams. And um, it's done, it's really interesting because when it starts, it's done very old school, right? The opening titles are like a film from the 1960s. 
and you get you know they like they have the the little uh, parenthetical brackets that they used to have in the right. 60s where they should you know it's got all that kind of it's got a graphic look that and the music is very melodramatic and it says to you you know this is going to be a movie that harks back to Italian movies from the early 60s and it does and it's really interesting and uh, Tilda Swinton is just phenomenal in it um, really interesting film from Magnolia so it didn't do any business in theaters but get it on Blu-ray it's just uh, it's really cool I agree it is it is it is, it is hugely florid it just it's just yeah. emotionally way over the top but it works but they but they they but they, they know exactly what they're doing yeah totally and then lastly we've got a thing here called Sandman which is the stupidest title ever they have to put Sandman in brackets so that you know that that's the title because the way they spell it is S ampersand M-A-N which almost looks to me like S and M man. That's what they want you to think. I know, but that's it, 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 it's whatever. It the, the wordplay doesn't work anyway. Uh, this is kind of this is sort of silly. This is um, it, it's a kind of a cheesy horror film, and I it doesn't really give you anything new. It's got a couple of audio commentaries on it with the the director whose name is J T Petty. I don't know. Um, uh, this is uh, it just doesn't work for me and this was this is also from magnolia if you're uh, you know i just it's it's some this is like the new age horror that a lot of people are getting into and it does i don't get it wade let me tell you something huh. troll 2 oh jeez troll 2 is routinely uh, uh is routinely named one of the worst films ever if not the worst film ever in fact, there was a documentary earlier this year called Best Worst Movie about the making of Troll 2. Mm. Now, you know what? If there was a DVD, if, if there was a Blu-ray combo of Troll 2 and Best Worst Movie, I would say buy it twice. However, this is just a Blu-ray of Troll 2. Now, does Troll 2 deserve to be on Blu-ray? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good stuff. But Troll 2 is just hilariously bad. Put it on, put it on on Halloween. Get a good laugh. Put it on, you know, repeat for your Halloween party. Oh yeah, baby! And it's just good stuff. Also, as we're getting closer to Halloween, we have Thirty Days of Night, Dark Days. This is a DVD and a Blu-ray combo pack. This is um, the the sequel to um, Thirty Days of Night. I think these movies are pretty stylish. I'm a little tired of the whole vampire thing. I'm Danny just, Houston, you love Danny Houston. We hate Danny Houston, but he's not bad in this, i got to say. We really do. Uh, uh, but the vampire thing, it's getting old. Yes, I agree. So that's 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. That is the uh, sequel to 30 yeah. Days of Night. And uh, also, the 30th, the 30th anniversary of one of the, uh, uh, one of the great bad horror films called Maniac. They, you know, they came out with a lot of these back then. You know, It's Alive and Maniac yeah. and... Uh, this is about a guy who's uh, he's very disturbed. He's had these uh, unspeakable childhood uh, abuse. So he grows up and he winds up stalking the streets. He becomes of New a York. maniac. He becomes a maniac. Oh, there you go. And by the way, there was also don't forget maniac cop. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now on the other side of the quality divide, we have the Oscar-nominated animated feature, The Secret of Kells. Oh, our friend Charles Solomon just goes nuts for this movie. You know this and movie. It's good. It is good. It's. Um, it's a movie that just really takes you away from the very first frame, and but it sends you into this world that you're either going to groove on or just it's just going to pass right by you. Yeah. Um, Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated, but it's all about like like Celtic mythology and uh, and this like ro- like it's like 
medieval town in Ireland where this guy embarks on this like adventure with a, you know it's like it's all this Celtic stuff, and so it takes you in this, into this crazy world. The animation is is sort of that like you know simple yet complicated yeah. kind of thing. I love it. So um, it you know it's very it, nice. it, it you know it reminds me of the kids' version of a town called Panic. Oh yeah. Exactly. It's the kids' version of a yeah, town called. I, I don't even know what a town. I don't know what what a town called Panic is about. Okay, we so we had two giveaways this week. Uh, Fred, the movie for anybody. The first person who emails us, what? Sure, I'll take any free DVD. There you go. And then we'll be taking uh, emails until midnight Thursday night uh, with the Last of the Mohicans in the title. We'll do a drawing next week for the three lucky winners. And uh, just include your, your address in the body and uh, Last of the Mohicans in the subject. Send it to gods at digigods.com for the Blu-ray of Last of the Mohicans, the Michael Mann film. Until then, this is Wade Major and Mark Heiser. You can uh, always email us again, gods at digigods.com, and watch us at stupidformovies.com every Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time. 